It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Episode 416, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Ryan Miller is going to join us today. Looking forward to hearing from him. The catwalk for charity is back. And um, the timing is perfect to have him on because 10 years ago yesterday, he was traded from Buffalo to the St. Louis Blues. So we are going to get right into that with him. Obviously, catch up, see how he's doing. Uh, He's got a son in hockey. I think he's coaching. I don't know. I can't remember all these conversations you have with guys. But um, he's going to be in town March 15th for the catwalk for charity is back and we'll talk to him about that what's what's going to be happening and i've got to reminisce about a few stories with him we caught up with tanya Ineson from seneca resorts and casinos and to talk about what's going on for march madness it was a good conversation about something fun they have planned for march madness so if you're into march madness then you're going to want to hear what seneca has going on and what they have planned pretty cool stuff is it a big night here in buffalo Jack Eichel's back in town. Is that still a thing? I mean, they're putting it on ESPN Plus uh, and Hulu. So we're probably going to get Bucci and that crew. Got to suffer through that. The league thinks it's a big game to put them on the big stage like that. I number one, I don't feel your, I don't feel the same about uh, Bucci. I think he does a nice job. He's entertaining to listen to. Um, that being said, you asked me, uh, you know, is that, is, is, is Jack Eichel still a thing, you know, coming back here to Buffalo and playing in front of the fans, or is that kind of like passe? And, and, uh, the answer to that is very simple. No, I mean, Jack Eichel is still very, very, very fresh in the minds of, uh, Sabre land. Um, fans are definitely going to want to watch him play. There's no question about it. And it would be a massive, and I mean a massive draw 
a packed house, I would think, if Jack Eichel's playing in that game against the Sabres. Listen, think about the – he's come back twice to play here. Yep. First time was a disaster, an emotional disaster for him. We tore into him. That's episode 64. If you haven't heard it, go back and check that out. That was his first trip back to Buffalo. He reacted in the media. He was being booed. And then the next year he came back after all the drama and everything else that had gone on. And what did he have? I know he had the hat trick. You have an assist too. Might have four points that night. Three goals for sure. Yeah. And it was, and then they go on to win the Stanley cup and he very easily could have been the con Smythe trophy winner in the playoffs last year. So very much, very much. For me, this is still a conversation. This is, this does still burn a little bit. This does, you know, what do you mean burn? What do you mean burn? Not me, not me, not me. I I don't care. Let me just make sure that I, I, I state that, but I think it burns the Sabres fans a little bit because Jack's gone on. He's still excelling. The team is phenomenal. He's won a Stanley cup and the Sabres are right where they were the entire time he was here. Jack's the problem. Jack's the problem. Jack's the problem. Jack's the problem. Fucking get rid of Jack. Ryan O'Reilly leaves. Jack goes and wins. O'Reilly goes and leaves. Reinhardt scored his 40th last night. Fucking Montour is a star. You got Rodriguez on that team. Allmark's a fucking uh, a Vesna Trophy winner. Robin Leonard was a, became a star. Like how many? It's like and Jack leaves and, and everyone's happy. He's like and and I was one of them. I mean I'm not gonna fucking lie to you. I was one of them. Listen, and, whether and I, whether you love Jack or or hated but, Jack, Jack but, needed to leave. But things have changed drastically for me. I I watch a Jack Eichel highlight and I think, what a story! What a right? story! Because the situation here is still the same. So in hindsight, you can look back and say, you know what? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Some things could be different, you know, but from the professional hockey side of things, from the NHL hockey player side of things, you look at this and you think, what a story. What a story. The drama that surrounded this guy, the neck injury, the trade, the return, the next year return, and then the cup. I don't know. It's a lot to unpack in there, man. That's a, that was, we tanked for this guy. We tanked. For this guy, we didn't tank for him. We tanked because the the last place team got him. I think it still is a big game, and I think it still is meaningful. Not to the Sabers, not to Jack, but maybe to fans, maybe to media members. I don't know. And the reason why I say that is because last year was the point where Jack can say, "I'm." I I can cut the cord with Buffalo. After the first return, that he redeemed himself last year. Then he wins a cup. He can officially sever the emotional cord with Buffalo. Now I think it's just a game for him. Now it'll be very curious to see how he goes out and plays because he's lived through the the absolute worst side of it, and he's had the absolute major glory of it. And now it'll just be interesting to see how he just comes in as a as a champion. Champion Jack Eichel coming to town. He's won the ultimate prize. I'm happy for him. He played insanely well in the playoffs. 
I, I love watching Jack Eichel play the game. He's a special player. That's what irritates, I think, Sabres fans is, is that not that they hate Jack Eichel. They hate that Jack Eichel didn't work out here because the guy yeah. is a stud. Yeah. He is Agreed. unbelievable. He is fun to watch. And they're irritated and upset, not only because he left this city, he makes $10 million. He's living in Vegas, which is literally like living in a dream. And his games evolved, and he's not even putting up the points that I think people expected him to when he was winning champ. When he would win a championship, that's right. His game has evolved. He's he's a point a game guy, but he's a much better defensive player, and that has to do with the coach. Remember, Van was telling us the one day, Van was telling us that the coach called him. He's like, listen, very similar to the Scotty Bowman conversation that you hear that he had with Steve Eiserman and all his other star players. You have to sacrifice on the one end of the rink, so we can we can excel at the other end of the rink, which is the defensive zone, the defensive side of the puck. Yep. You know, so the evolution of the player has been, it's been, it's been unbelievable in such a short period of time. Just goes to show what coaching can do for, for a star talent. Yes. Speaking of star talents, let's go talk to our star talent, Ryan Miller. I'm just going to record right away. What's happening, Millsy? <laughs> Got to get all the good stuff, huh? Oh, well, this is the best stuff. This is the, this is usually the blackmail stuff. Well, listen, we can, <laughs> listen, we can cut through the shit. I can just ask you the one question that matters. The only question that matters in this entire conversation. When you get into town, I got a ton of shit. I need to get signed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Petey, Petey's uh, got to pay some bills right now, <laughs> Millsy. So, oh fuck, that's hilarious. Be there on the thirteenth, everybody. Okay, but... buddy, coming back Thanks. to the catwalk for charity. No, seriously though, you <laughs> met my son's teacher's dad at after the uh, Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame induction. This guy is a massive Miller fan. Like every time they have Jersey Day at school, the yeah. dad, like the the teacher, wears the USA Miller jersey. So. I, keeping I'm, keeping it I, alive. I got yeah. I got to get it signed because my he's going to be my kid's teacher. I think next year. Oh, <laughs> couple extra grade points there. I love it. <laughs> Millsy, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Where Where are you at right now? Newport Beach. We moved uh, in July down here, so making it work. New new routines, new stuff for the kids. Been a little bit. It was a grind early, but uh, it's been great. Honestly, it's a good spot for a family. What's that do for youth hockey for you? We moved from. Uh, ironically, we were with the Junior Kings forever, and now Bodie was a Junior Duck last year. So okay. he's moving forward. He'll be with the Junior Ducks. Hopefully, uh, he, this year the squirt transition year. So um, see how everything plays out. Are you, here's the magical question. Are you coaching? I was an assistant coach uh, last year and I always helped out uh, in the mites because, uh, you know, the mites always get shafted a little bit. The, the the coach never really shows up. You know, they got like two, three teams when they're doing the, you know, the big organizations. They got like a squirt team. They might have another another team. So the mite games are just like, yeah, sorry, can't make it. So, I, so I, was always, I was always on the bench for the last so year. You're officially the head coach. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, we're running my systems. 
<laughs> yeah. Is he a goalie? No, no we know that he's we know that no, all he's, he's taken after uh you know the the older brother. Yeah, he's he's, he's yeah. what is he a winger center? Well, about yeah, I he's a forward. Uh, I he's thought been, he was playing uh, both. Yeah, I wanted him to play both, but God, the kids specialize into everything so early now. I in my head, I'm thinking like I'm getting Bodie the opportunity to play every position, and you know, meanwhile, I, like, I was telling the parents like all our kids got to try goalie at six years old. They all tried goalie. I made them. I was manager of that team, and we. I was like, listen. Every kid's going to learn how to respect every position. Your kid's not a forward already. Your kid's not a defenseman already. Like, and you're going to have to take your, at least one crack at goalie. You get one, like we broke it up by the week. And then after that, I just left it open to whoever wanted to play. And like Bodie wanted to go back in and play. And, and then I forced him to, to play goalie for my team because I volunteered to coach a spring tournament team. Uh, so we had like a month worth of games and then I've made him play because like, they signed all these kids up and then they were going to have kids just play goalie without equipment. And I, I was like, are you guys nuts? These kids can shoot the puck now. Like we need goalies. So we so got he, a bunch so of goalies. So he quit together. goalie when you started coaching? No, not really. Like it's oh, just, okay. uh, I was about to say that sounds like an F you to dad. No, no, no. <laughs> he, I think he liked it, but his, and honestly, his creativity and disposition is kind of more like he likes to make plays. And you just you are who you are in hockey, right? Like we have, we all know that. Like your personality really shows in your positioning. So that's just kind of how he is. My son asked me today. Actually, last night he asked me. He said, "Dad, how old do you start body contact in hockey?" And I think it's is it twelve or thirteen? Thirteen. Okay, I told him thirteen. He said, "Okay, can I?" He said, "Can I play hockey when I'm 13? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh. Yeah, I think uh, you're gonna want to ramp up to that a little bit. Yeah, well, that's good, Millsy. We're happy, man. We're happy to hear that you're doing well. And, and, and what about professionally? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, are you, you know, with what you're yeah. doing? Yeah, I work uh, with uh, Mike Greer at the San Jose Sharks. He's the GM there. Um, I can make it a much longer story, but he he called me when he got the job and asked if I had interest in helping him. But we had just had our uh, little girl Kaya. Uh, and I just was looking ahead saying, I, I don't see a whole lot of travel in my future there, but so I kind of pushed and he's like, you know what, next year I'm going to call you back. So he did call me back and I, I, I just came, made a nice deal with him. I said, listen, I can't miss any birthdays. I'm not missing holidays. I just retired, but I will, I will do the job for you. Cause a lot of it's remote, right? Like all the video work that I need to do as available it's easy like i was doing a bunch of it last night getting caught up and um yeah so he's got me really hammering down on the amateur side getting ready for the draft um trying to compile uh you know lists and rankings and and player profiles and then does that just consist of a lot of uh watching junior hockey uh d1 hockey things like that just getting familiar with the kids and and uh giving your opinion so obviously you're 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 keying on certain you're keying on goaltending or are you yeah, keying keen, on basically I'm keen overall? On goaltending? But like, if I show up, like I went to uh first week of February, I went to Plymouth for the under 18 five nations uh, challenge. It was like a Sabres reunion, you know, Vanek also was working with the sharks. Right. So he's there. We're hanging out. That was cool to get caught up with him for like three days. You know, our whole staff's there, like Danny Breer is there with his staff. Brian Campbell's there with his staff and, and, and with the Blackhawks. And it's just Chris Jury. No, he didn't show up. <laughs> no, yeah, come on. 
I mean, there right, he's uh, working on winning Stanley Cups right yeah, now. Yeah, he's he's too busy being president and GM. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we were just laughing because it was really a Sabres reunion. There's tons of tons of the boys are there, and we we're we're hanging out, having fun, watching hockey, and uh, it's funny how things have flipped around. But uh, yeah, like, but if I'm there, I'm I'm giving opinion on other players, but. It comes down to like these guys, you have to really respect what the scouts do, man. It's crazy. Like these guys are dialed in. They know everything about everybody, especially in the draft year, but coming up the pipe and then they have the resources to look back, you know, a couple of years, see how guys have kind of evolved. And that's where I'm kind of like trying to get caught up. Like I don't have that benefit of watching the kid evolve before the draft. Like I'm just watching how he's doing his draft year. The other side of my job is player development, which I did more in the first half of the year. I was up in San Jose with the Barracuda. They had a three goalie situation going on there. So these days, where that, how does the three goalie situation work in the AHL? The three boys we have there right now are pretty close in age. They're two are identical age and both oh. are rookies, right? So they're fighting. So it's for... a legit competition. No, this is a, this is, yeah, this is a pretty competitive situation. And we are trying to, ro- we tried to get them early on the rotation. And then Wichita's East Coast League team guys would go spend like a week or two down there at, to stay fresh if they're not, you know, hitting their stride in the American League. So not ideal, but it's it is what it is. Well, here's the thing. You know, this is a conversation that we we've had all year with the Sabers because the Sabers started uh, their season with three goaltenders. Um, I know that you, when you started, I think your NHL career, you had a three goaltender rotation, right? Well, we were there, but we never had that three guys in one spot. Okay. They they kept us, you know, one guy was out when two guys were together. But even in 05-06, what did they you do know, then? I, like, wasn't Mika coming on at the – wasn't he sitting in the penalty box or on the bench half the time? Yeah, but I got hurt. So. Oh, that's right. You got hurt. I got, got hurt. That's why yeah. you remember that playing out like that. I was hurt for six, seven weeks. I had a broken thumb. Yeah, but he was he was eating chicken wings in the in the uh, sauna, and and like there was some tension there. He was he was frustrated. No, yeah, early on for sure. And he was he not a first round draft pick? Yeah, they both were. Marty and I were first rounders. Wow. I think. What are your What are your thoughts on a on a three uh, goaltender rotation? Like how how does that work? Trying to get into rhythm. How does it work in practice when you're taking shots and 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 just uh, feeling really comfortable about your game, getting into maybe a game rhythm. If you're playing well, you continue to to play multiple games in a row. How does that happen when you when you're dealing with a three goaltender rotation? I don't see how it can happen. I, I'm not a big fan. It's uh, you're not going to have the guy as none of the guys I think are going to be ready. Even your even your starting goalie, like you can just give them the net, but you're always going to probably trend your practice towards getting the guy out of there. Like, I don't don't understand how conditioning can happen on that level. Like you can do all the goalie skates you want, but like you got to have zone play and guys getting up and down the ice and holding your form. Um, I I just, every time I talk to a goalie who's in that situation, like their conditioning is always an issue. Like you don't realize it, but if you're just in the net for 45 minutes to an hour and you're just getting work and you're not, going off for a water break and coming back or hanging out for even like two or three minutes. Even if you're back in the net after a couple of minutes, like, I mean, you let your guard down, you're hanging out, your t- the tension levels lower. I, I don't know. I think mentally and physically, it's just not ideal. 
basically what's happened here in Buffalo is, is uh, we've had Devin Levi, who's, who's basically yeah. like the next Ryan Miller, who had an incredible, incredible D one uh, college career has been brought in here with no games in the minors. Um, just got brought right up into a three man rotation with Uka Bekalukin and Comrie. And it was just, you know, PD and I did not like this and we're, we're not goaltenders. Okay. I don't pretend to, to understand the position, but I would think that rhythm and taking shots and feeling comfortable and building confidence is very big for goaltenders. And when you have three and you're waiting to see who's going to play the next night and you're not in that rhythm, I would think that that would hurt the goaltender's confidence. Um, and the ability There's to play at pride. the highest the level, the right? Pride as well. Pride. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I think all three of the goaltenders had struggled a little bit throughout that time until they made the decision finally to bring Levi to the minors. And now you have Luka Pekka in since January 1st. That's ultimately been the number one goaltender in the league. And they've given them the runway. They, they're they saying, this is, you're the number one. Well, and you're going to take gonna argue then they're going to argue then that it worked for them. Right. So they got somebody finally stood out. Like there's always going to be, if, if somebody ends up playing well, then you're always going to lose the argument of, well, this isn't great for the goalies. It's like, well, this guy's playing good and he's winning hockey games. I just think in the, oh, it looks I great just, for UPL. This looks, this looks great for UPL here in Buffalo. Well, he's, right now. When you think about it though, he was, He's a he's a good prospect. He took his time to develop. He's coming through injuries, finally far enough away from the injury. Like all the things do line up for him where he he should be hitting a stride right now. And that's yeah. great. I'm happy for him because he's a nice kid. Met him a few times. And uh but on the other side too, like Comrie is a good pro. I mean, banged up with injury this year. Couple I think he's uh you know, had a kind of a sputtering start that doesn't line up well in that situation at all. And then you got the Levi, young guy, another, you know, spent some time with them when they were through Anaheim. I, I snuck up on uh, the trainers and I almost got Georgie. I snuck up on him, almost got him. But uh, I spent about an hour and a half down there. Craig Anderson was in town and talking with him, talking with all the trainers and the boys, caught up with a few of the players. But Levi was one. I actually finally got to talk to him for a while. I like him. He's got a good, he's got a good drive. He's creative. Like he's thinking of ways to, you know, be better and stand out. Like he spent a few minutes talking about his, his, his 3d goggles or whatever he's got going on there. I what mean, kind of like, what kind of questions do you ask him? I just wanted to meet the kid. I, I wasn't trying to really go deep on him. Okay. Uh, I don't have a interest in developing him like that. Right. Like I just want to, you know, be supportive of him hanging out. I don't, I mean, I'm not trying to like overwhelm anybody. I just wanted to say hi to him. And we spent a few minutes. He was, we're talking about goalie equipment stuff, right? Like, he, you know, he seems like he's like that heady in that way where he wants to like, you know, talk about the stuff he's interested in and just kind of let him go. And it's it was nice. He's a good kid. Just goalie nerd lot. talk. I eh? just, oh, I think we need yeah, like, like, uh, like three quarters of an inches over right here. that part of my thumb because it's low. I can move my wrist a little better. Uh, I can, you cut this pad back a little bit. It's, irri- <laughs> it's irritating my finger. <laughs> I might give them a hard time, but I was on the sewing machine too. 10 years ago. Yeah, that's we wild. Yesterday. Yeah. So we had Roisy on yesterday, and, and that episode's coming out today. So today will be yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like space balls. Like, when will yeah. then be now? We're yeah. now now. That's then. But he was on he was on yesterday's show. 
And uh, he was in St. Louis at the time, and I completely forgot about that. So he gave us yeah. the perspective from the other side with Halak leaving and who are they looking for and all that stuff. But but it was a little bit different with you leaving Buffalo because of, of you know, because, well, I mean, you are Ryan Miller. And so take us through that day. Did you know it was coming? Oh, I didn't know it was coming like that day. But, I mean, it's like showed up to the ring. It's like, well, just don't get dressed. <laughs> But they shit. had no conversations leading up to that, even letting you know that, listen, Ryan could be going in a different direction. We might be thinking about moving you. Did you have any conversations with your agent? Like, was this, like, were you blindsided by this? No, not blindsided. I had conversations. I mean, I had a lot of conversations with Patty LaFontaine about what was going to happen. And then fewer conversations after that. With, so what uh, was the conversation with Pat LaFontaine? When Patty was, um, well, he wanted to rebuild and he wanted to do it a certain way. He, he had a, a plan in his mind and he wanted me to be a part of it. And I, I just was like, well, I, I got, I went through the building process here and it's been a tough couple of years up until that point. We're losing some momentum and our veteran guys are getting traded every year. You know, another guy or two are gone, gone, gone. I mean, your core is not your core anymore. I think Van got traded, what, early that season? Like, really early? So I, I think up to that point, I was just kind of like, well, it's just, you know, what's really here? I'm going to have to go. I don't know how many years this is going to take. And in your mind, you're like, you only get one chance at the NHL. It's like 10 years ago. Like, I'm in my early 30s by that point. In your mind, you're like, well, this, I don't, I might only have a few years left. I, I mean, you know, I got lucky. I got to play until my 40s, but I wasn't a starting goalie for those last four years. You know, like I wanted the chance to to compete. I didn't want to wait until my mid to late 30s and then maybe have a chance. So I just put it out there as like, well, if I can't sign an extension until I know your plan and you guys put some other pieces in place, I'm happy to sign an extension if you guys show me that this plan can work. Uh, but after Patty kind of left, it was it was more about uh, the new regime and how they're going to operate. And uh, it wasn't a lot of conversations about how things are going to work other than uh, I would possibly be a trade asset. For fact's sake, Van got traded early that year, early enough that he could get even traded again. Trade, get year. traded so, again. Yeah. He was. So, <laughs> but, but so were there other teams than just St. Louis? I mean, some of it's kind of cloudy and how it, comes together. But I remember talking to my agent. We we talked about it leading up to the deadline or like early enough where like listen, these are the teams that have a legitimate chance. And you know, we tried to structure in a way where we'd end up in in a team that had a better chance. And you know, St. Louis had probably the best chance. And still looking back on it, it's like it just really sucks that that didn't work out. Obviously, uh, you know, St. Louis fans, uh, I still get chirped continuously for how we got bounced in the first round. But uh I'll, I'll put my one excuse on it is that uh, we had a lot of guys injured and it was crazy. Like our whole top six forwards, I think every guy was touched by an injury. And we think we had maybe, I think Petra Petrangelo was healthy, I think, but. Um, it's exactly what Roisey said yesterday. And it was, it, it was the Olympic year too, right? Yeah. And, and all the guys that like you had so many players at the Olympics and guys were just gassed. Guys are gassed. And then like, Oh, she got concussed like two days before the playoffs. Like he got absolutely just wrecked. Back has got 
concussed in the first game. Seabrook took him out. Tarasenko is our leading point scorer, and he had a broken wrist. He had a cast on his wrist. Was <laughs> that the year had you the had that points. wild game with with Chicago? A few games. Yeah, we had was that the game when... It went six games. It was kind of undercover hard series. I mean, uh, it was double overtime, triple overtime, and then another uh, overtime or two in there. There's like four overtime games. I mean, we played six, but I mean, we almost played seven and a half games, <laughs> and uh, the guys were beat up. Like I feel bad for the boys. Like, but they learned something. Like the guys who end up winning the cup there and sticking it out, right? Like they benefited for it. Uh, it's just you know too bad that I couldn't be a part of it. I just laugh because I still get chirped by all the St. Louis people. Oh, it's a terrible trade for them. But it's just like, man, you guys certainly benefited if you look at it the right way. Like your boys were forged in iron. <laughs> like they they were forged in iron. They became harder. They learned how to win. Yeah, and well, they honestly, got done. I'll say it for you, Melzi. Fuck off. You got your cup. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly fell out of love in Buffalo, the town that Millsy played in, and then he goes and wins a cup for you. They just don't know all the perspectives sometimes. I mean, yeah, we should have done better uh, on paper, but uh, that was a tough series. That was a hard way to end the year. And uh, I give the, the boys in St. Louis credit. Like That was one of the coolest teams I've been a part of. They were, they were tight. Uh, they had some stuff to iron out for sure you know, as far as the right dynamic, but they're, they're a cool group. I still like seeing them. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? That they had to iron this stuff out? Like what, what makes a winning culture? Like what, what puts you over the top? Like what did they have to learn? Well, I mean, when I was there, they had Hitch, right. As a coach. So Hitchcock is a coach, um, super detail. Wants you to play a certain way and he can, he can grind on guys. He's like, I mean, it's borderline annoying. <laughs> like, like he got the guys to kind of fall in behind every, and and play for each other by kind of like pulling a Herb Brooks. Like he he wants you to kind of hate him. Like you respect what he can do is like X's and O's. Like he thinks a lot about the game, but man, he just pokes at guys and pokes at guys and pokes at guys. Do you think that works still? Do you think that works today in today's game? With with the I think a different you, mindset of player, it's tough, man. It it definitely has shifted, but you still have to have. I don't know. It's like you, you, you can't break a guy's confidence, but you can push him to a to a limit. You start breaking a confidence that that line of confidence, and then you start start building back. And it takes too long. Like you gotta you gotta have the guys accountable to themselves and each other, and you can you can push as hard as you want. Just don't break the confidence. I'll, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one because you also can't baby them back, right? Like they have to step up and be men and own it. Hitch was tough in a way to play for, and he was super hard on some of the guys in certain ways. But I think he forced them to play a certain way. And then when Hitch was gone, uh, it another voice comes in, but they still had that foundation of what they learned. Like and that's what I mean by forged in fire too. It's like they learned. They lost. We lost to the Blackhawks, but they were a really good team really detailed under Quinville. They played a certain style. Like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but they would, they would draw you backwards and stretch the neutral zone. Not like no one else really did that for a while. They, they would, they would start the play and they would, you would start your neutral zone and they would pull backwards. And then they, so like, you're like, Oh wait, we have a, like against the aggressive teams. Like, Oh, we, we, we go two guys hard. So two guys would come up hard. They'd loop two guys behind in the middle. They'd fly with speed. They'd boom. They'd enter your zone with three guys. It was hard to pick up on. Like they would 
they were so good at hinging with like uh, their decors and you know veteran yeah. and, and talented and amazing they would just suck you in and then boom they're attacking your zone with speed and they just get your zone no matter what so you learn how to play against that kind of stuff uh you know they came out the other end of it and obviously you know one cop so it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Looking for a night out? Maybe go watch a game at a bar? Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner? Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even play some bets at the sportsbook. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. If you're injured in a car crash, you need an attorney who's ready to drop the gloves. Call Salino and let them fight the insurance company for you. Car crash? Call Salino. Call the eights, 888-888-8888. Car crash? Call Salino. When we played together after year one of the catwalk for charity, Milzy, yeah. when the schedule came out, there were two crucial dates for the boys. One, yeah. when's our rookie dinner? And two, when is Millsy's event? So that's how I, that's how we wanted to make it. We wanted it to be something fun, man. Like that's what we're here for, right? Like we're playing hockey because it's fun, and you know we're lucky enough to make a living. But also, like we got to carve out some stuff. Like you can't just go the whole year of just like go home and go to bed. Well, it speaks volumes, and I say this honestly. It speaks volumes. You can tell how how players approach an event, you know, with with what they do when they're there. I mean, the boys showed up for you, Millsy, and yeah, every, they did. every single year, every single person that went to those events got their money's worth because the boys were having fun. Yeah. They loved being there. It was an amazing event, and it's coming back. Where? How did this all well, start? just through the Sabres because they, uh, you know, as part of uh, retiring my jersey, they were kind enough to start an endowment to fund, uh, you know, Carly's Club and and, and Courage of Carly at at, uh, at Roswell Park. It just because it's always it's something we had going on, but it's like, how do, we, how do we keep these programs going? How do we fund it? And when I left town 10 years ago, you know, we went from being a major fundraiser and to the point where we got contracts and everything with the the hospital and everything's all set up. And then I get traded and it's like, we don't have that soapbox anymore. I don't have the time to be in town. Uh, and obviously, I, you know, 
continuing playing, starting a family, you know, I'm not, I don't have that same level of influence. So like, I didn't think it was going to come around again. And it kind of came up as part of the conversation. Like how can, okay, Hey, listen, we want to fund this. We want you to be around more. What can we do? And they're like, we're, we're even thinking like, maybe you should, we should just do a charity event, do the catwalk again. And, you know, we'll run it and help you organize it. And the money will go into that endowment and it'll just, you know, every year we'll start building that fund up, up, up. And, and then we'll decide how much money every year goes out every single year. And it's just going to be sitting there building and earning and, and going towards the kids. And I was like, that is an outstanding idea because I don't really have the time to, like I did then to be around, you know, there's a lot of decisions that go into making it work and a little bit different spin, but we're going to, we're going to, put our toe back in the pool here and, and see how it goes. And obviously, uh, I, I mean, are you, you going to show up there, PD? Are you coming? Oh, I'm, Oh yeah. I'm coming. I just, I'm waiting. About Riff? If I'm Riff, going... you in town or are you? Gonna... I'm in town. I, I have uh States that weekend for my son. So I just want to make sure that is it uh, a Wednesday night, this thing. No, it's, Thursday, um, uh, isn't it? it's like a Friday night or yeah. Friday night. Smart. Well, yeah. The Sabres the play Thursday, right? Sabres play Thursday. And then, uh, the events next night okay friday the 15th greg if you're not there that's absolute bullshit <laughs> it's absolute fucking bullshit any ryan miller any any, any more dogs so danny pike can uh we, go and spend, what uh 10 grand we on had him. i just heard from somebody who i haven't heard from in a long time text me and they're like hey uh they are the person who has been had donated some puppies before is interested they got a litter so there's a chance i don't know i i we got to okay it with the sabers because that, that it's their i wonder if kind of their dog gig. is still alive it was a lab how many there, years you ago know, was some of the people have contacted me I, I when my dog puck passed uh some people sent some stuff on like instagram or whatever like and like yeah like hey like the the puppy has been the best dog ever like like all, like all the dogs ended up like going to great homes. Like we did kind of pre-screen, like and give people a heads up, like, hey, like if you're bidding on this dog, like we need to know what's going on. Well, like we're not I just mean, throwing Millie, puppies. They have six grand. We're not tossing puppies a... off the stage. Like you get a puppy, you get a puppy. Yeah. Like <laughs> Oprah Winfrey style. Like the people knew it was a charity thing. Like right, like at the time you get the tax write off and you get a dog. Like, but we checked. Like hey you guys know this is a living creature, right? Like, and they're like, no, like all of them were like, no, our kids are the perfect age. They're going to love this dog. And like, honestly, I've heard from almost a majority of the people who've owned the puppies. They're like, this has been the best dog ever. This dog, our kids love it. We love the dog. It's been a great situation. Like every, everyone, no returns. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you get an email. It's like, this dog has been involved in dog fights Gambling. Oh come on! These these are cute and cuddly type doggies. Come on. Hey, any any these are the like these are the wimp, be, these are the wimpy rips, rips these are the wimpy dying. dogs. We only it's auction off wimpy dogs. Come on. Okay, so you're going to the game Thursday night. Yeah, I'll be in town. I'll I'll come Thursday. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. I'll see you there with the uh, few things to sign Sharpie in hand. <laughs> uh, I got. I'll have to check my uh, my schedule here, but. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cross paths with you at some point. No, I get. I think I get in. Like, oh, I, you'll see I think, me. Hey, you'll see me. Milsey, do you the... have any sticks, 
Do you have any sticks of when you played? Like, uh, yeah. Okay, so you you have have sticks because I was gonna. I have two of them, uh, sign Miller jerseys uh, or sign Miller sticks. So I was gonna sell you one if you if you didn't have, um, didn't <laughs> have. Didn't have, have Millsy. You know what I still have? Yeah. Um, you left after the 0506 season. You left. I've been asking you all year. Can I have a catcher? Can I have a catcher? Can I have a catcher? And you're like, no, no, no. I, you know, I donate them in the, you know, it goes to the, you had the steadfast foundation and everything. And then at the end of the year, I walk in, maybe it was accidentally placed there, but it was in my stall. You left me your catcher after yeah, the you old time. What'd you do with it? I have it. Millsy signed it, uh, had him over for dinner, his annual autograph signing every year, jerseys, sticks, fucking pictures. <laughs> I cook him, cook him dinner. You really, you really Every like training camp, really like hamming this up on people. She wouldn't get five feet in the door. There'd be fucking two hundred items for him. That's a good piece to have, man. From the scary good playoff run, signed, not personalized. Bidding starts at. <laughs> yeah, PD's always very clear about that. Do not personalize this. <laughs> Sign, sign it with the autographs that you signed for the kids, would you? <laughs> to Andrew. All right. Joining us is Tanya Ineson from Seneca Niagara Resorts and Casinos. And it's an exciting month coming up. Do you want to tell us what's going on for March Madness? Uh, this year is the first year we're having this event. It's called Hoops Hangout. We have a, a mezzanine level. I, I mean, you've been to the casino, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've got this mezzanine level that overlooks the gaming floor. If anyone was there for uh, New Year's Eve uh, with the Goo Goo Dolls, we had a huge area um, up over Stir. So this area we actually have converted into our hoops hangout where we're going to have fan caves. The fan cave package is just right up my alley. I'm I'm thinking to myself, hey, do we have to tell the wives about this? Like what's going on right now? I mean, if you don't tell, I won't tell. I would keep a secret. <laughs> These fan caves can hold eight people, up to eight people. So you can grab seven of your closest friends. We, we also have tickets. So if you don't have friends, you just want to come by yourself. You could do that too. We've got some open court seats. So you'll just be able to enjoy the buffet and, you know, hang out and watch all the screens. What's the situation for gambling? Because March Madness uh, and gambling go hand in hand. Yeah, that's a good question. So we actually are moving kiosks up to the mezzanine level. So you don't have to leave your kingdom, if you will. You can just stay right up there and you can actually make uh, bets real time um, right from our kiosk. And you know what else? We also know that some people like to play blackjack while they're, you know, having some fun in their man caves. Um and we moved up to blackjack tables too. So you're going to be able to go play some blackjack, have some fun with cards, whatever you want to do. So when, when are the dates on this? Like when, when can I book my room? Because this is right up my alley. <laughs> so it starts on a Thursday, March 21st and goes through that Sunday. That's when we're having the first round. Um, you know, that's when all the, everyone's bracket starts to change. So um we're going to have our man cave set up and there's two sessions per day. So there's two five hour sessions. So you can book whatever session you would like. Um, and then we're going to come back on uh, April 6th. Next most important question is the pricing. 
what is what is a fan cave cost? So a fan cave and it's eight people is um, six hundred dollars. If you break that down, it's just seventy five bucks per person. And I know we can all spend more than that just uh, dinner and drinks for one person. Open court ticket. So you can purchase the open court ticket. That's $40 per person. And again, all of the the games and the buffet. We also are going to have like foosball, a pool table up there because every fan cave should have some games, right? That you can go and beat your buddies at. So we're going to have some of those around. Where can they get their tickets? You could go to SenecaCasinos.com or you could go to SenecaNiagaraCasino.com. All right. So now that we have all the information out, now the big question, are you a college basketball fan? I I am. So who is your team? I like Purdue this year. That, Craig, is what we call a bandwagon jumper. And (laughs) you're hopping on the the Purdue bandwagon. I am this year because you know what? I've traveled so much. Like I've lived so many places that I guess you could call I'm a bandwagon sports person because, you know, there's some basketball up here, but it's not as in intense as it was like when i lived in miami like when i lived in miami you know i couldn't like i had to like miami i just have one question because i don't really care about purdue i just care about duke and and i'm um probably a lot of people are going to be like that's just bandwagon uh, action right there but i i grew up when i was younger watching you know we had christian leitner on our show last year had a the ability he's a buffalo kid um, and, uh, just to be able to talk to him was just, it was amazing. We don't even, the brackets haven't even been set yet, right? They're playing all those games now. I think the schedule comes out on March 17th. Well, up right now, all these, all the Arizona's number one and they're yep. in the Western bracket in the East. You've got, uh, you know, Yukon, Yukon, North Carolina. I mean, it's, it's always the usual suspects. So, um, Right before we came on, I was talking to my brother-in-law, who uh, is now living in um, Arizona, up near Scottsdale, and uh, he plays on a um, an adult league. And of course, you know, when we went out there, my husband and um, his brother they uh, redid. He's got a whole locker area in his garage that is just an homage to the Sabers. Everything is Sabers. His uniform is even Sabers. It's Sabres colors. He is a diehard Sabres fan. And uh, I told Rich that I was coming on and he was like, you got to tell the guys I listen all the time. I'm, I'm religious, religious listener. Um, you know, as he's driving to the, the practice or the games, he's listening to your podcast all the time. He's getting the real pregame show. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his favorite player? Oh, well, I mean, his favorite player is Gretzky. Lives okay. and die Gretzky, and actually, when you see, I know not a Sabres player, but you asked no. me who his favorite players was, and his favorite player is Gretzky. Okay, what about his favorite uh, Sabre player? Right now, like I mean, right now he loves Skinner. Well, I think no. this interview's done. What a great way to end the show! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Tanya. <laughs> Thank you. That'll do it for after the whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thank you, Ryan Miller for joining us. Uh, we look forward to the catwalk for charity on March 15th. Thank you to Tanya Ineson from Seneca Resorts Casinos for coming on and talking about what they have going on for March Madness. So again, quick reminder, for more information on the Hoops Hangout, make sure to go to SenecaNiagaraCasino.com. Thanks for listening.
That <laughs> night in Pittsburgh is my favorite night in the entire entire time in the NHL. It involved all of my favorite people. It was it was by far the next day, the bag skate, the water bottle. Clark MacArthur came down. He reminded me of the water bottle the next day in the locker room. The door leaner. Do you remember? Because me and Clarky were dressing in the other room with the goalies and the fucking door was closed. <laughs> or I closed I, I closed the door to separate us from all the, the, the good players. <clears throat> and I leaned one of those little mini Dasani bottles on the on the door. Do you remember this? And then I knocked on the door and they opened it and the bottle just bent over and just spittled the, a little bit of water, which was a complete misrepresentation of Drew Stafford in Dan Pae's room <laughs> the night before. That's where, that's where I agree. You have to have you have to have fun. And that's like why we're doing the, the catwalk for charity. And like, you have to have fun. I just mean from the perspective of like, it's hard to go from college. Like I was that laid back. I wouldn't nap. I wouldn't really prepare the way I would, would in pro hockey. I was prepared. I took it seriously. I would do everything that you know of me. Like I, I work my hands I warm up and stuff, but it was like, I was at class. I was in town. I would go for a walk around town Okay. Here's the thing. No one cares about your class. Did you party? Did you party at Michigan state? Like, tell me about like, did you, did you let loose a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Mostly had a trans am. (laughs) Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. You had a a trans am. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking trans am. Oh my God. Just a legend. eh? Were you Frank the tanking it and pulling up with his pads hanging out of the top? The, uh, no, like in, in college, like the hilarious part is like uh, Sean Horkoff was our captain my first year. And Hork is like, at the end of the year, he's like, he's like giving me this like pep talk. He's like, we had a, you know, we had a good year. He's like, how oh, you, you had a great year, man. He's like, you just, you got to show up. Uh, you got to show up and hang out with the boys. You got to do more. And I'm like looking at him. I'm like, I'm out with you guys like three days a week. Like what's going like, you know, like the, like some of the boys are going out like four or five days a week. We're number one in the country. And like, it was still like that, that time and place you could still pull it off. Like, right. But I was like, I'm here trying to be a starting goal. I'm still out like two, three days a week with you guys. I'm out Sundays. I'm out Tuesdays. I'm like, I'm hanging out. Like we got games on Fridays, Saturdays and like we're traveling. Like I'm out, I'm hanging out, going to class. I'm getting it all done. And I was just laughing. But it's like, and I think if there's one guy on the team doing that the work, you want to do the work, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your captain, your captain, Sean. Hey, no, no, no. If just make want, sure you're out. Just make if sure you you're want out. one guy in the team to kind of say, "Hey, guys, I've had enough. I'm going to head back to the dorms." You know, it's your goaltender. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I did like every good college kid would like, and plus it was my hometown, right? Like so. I knew how to get around these Lansing and I know what to, what to do, how to hang. So, um, no, I've always had a lot of fun with the boys, uh, but you did call it right. Like I, I've always had the ability to have awareness about myself and know what to expect out of myself the next day. If, if I had my day ahead of me where I knew what to expect, yeah, I'd let loose. If I knew that there's something coming that I had to take seriously, then I would, I knew when to pull the shoot and, and throw some ninja smoke and disappear. And uh, Riv, we were in Washington and Goose and Millsy were roommates. And I, I, I realize I go to the bathroom and I'm sitting on the toilet. Colette is my roommate. There's a phone in the, in the bathroom right next to the toilet. 
So I call my own room and it rings. I'm like, let me see if I can call Coletta. So I call Coletta from the bathroom. And I'm like, yes, hello, this is turndown service. And I was wondering if you'd like your bed turned down and a chocolate on your pillow. And I can hear Coletta through the door going, what? And I'm like, this is the hotel turndown service. Would you like your bed turned down and a chocolate on your pillow? <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, thanks. I'm already in bed. And he hangs up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm like, I call back and I'm like, I go, who was that? He's like, who's this? I go, it's Petey. I'm in the bathroom. I go, who calls? So listen, so I called down to the, actually, I called down to the front desk. I was like, can you please connect me to Ryan Miller's room, please? So they called, I called the room. Goose, goose answers. <laughs> and this, do you remember this, Millsy? I called it. I, I called fucking Pominville. I called Millsy. You asked me if it was 66 degrees in his room? Turn down, Sam. Is it a chocolate on your pillow? And I, like fucking Goose was like, what? What? So then I call back. I call the same room back. And Millsy answers, you guys were asleep. This is probably 1130 at night. And all I hear is, I fucking know it's you, Petey. <laughs> Sounds about right. I was like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> I hang up. So it brings me back. It brings me back to that night in Pittsburgh where you're looking down the hall and I look, I stick my, I remember I messed up my hair. I stick my head out and Millsy goes, and I'm like, what's going on out here? And you go, shut up, Petey. I know it's you. I know you, I know it's you. Oh, the next day on the bus, man, you ate your egg sandwich from that place around the corner and you were just fucking silent. I love oh, you, man. I do. Hey. I have so much respect for you and what, how you, how, how professional you were, Millsy, is is unbelievable. It's a different chart, different. Well, that's level. why I had. That's why I had to reward you boys with a catwalk. Fuck, I got a lot of memorabilia to go along with that memory. <laughs> Petey will not stop. Like he is so excited to have you on here. He would little tell stories for the next four hey. hours. We need to get Drew, you, and my brother on with me and Craig. <laughs> Craig, what you know you Drew and that? Drew and Jeff live together in Portland. Yeah, Drew and Jeff live like together they live. They, <laughs> you want to talk American League? I'm getting called out could here. You imagine, I've asked him, could you imagine two Peters on a podcast a together? It'd be times. like two I, two squirrels would, chasing a like, nut. It'd be like my it'd be like my life for a while. You like, gotta understand when, something. Down in, down in Rochester when Andrew was uh, during the lockout, it was Jeff and Andrew. Petey would come down just because he's bored and just hang out with us. On that note, some editing to do.